this is Steve Selvich from the Hold Steady. Welcome to the Get Offset podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Offset podcast, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, you have uh, me, I'm Emily, I'm the lady who does this podcast. And my name is Andrew, and I'm the uh, the other guy that happens to be on here. Haven't got rid of me yet, so sorry to dash your hopes. <laughs> oh, that guy apologized for that review. Oh, no, I'm just saying in general. I, I just, I know what everyone's thinking, all right? Like, I got COVID-19, and now I've, like, I can read your thoughts. Oh, gosh. That was a stupid joke. Can we just agree with that? I mean, aren't all of my jokes? Yeah, that's fair. Yep, there we go. I could have gone with a pun. Would you, would you prefer puns? I would almost prefer puns to just jokes that don't make any sense. Uh, so I was I was driving through Starbucks to get my uh, my morning coffee because that's something I totally do. And I saw the the barista was wearing a mask. I'm like, what? Why are you wearing a mask? And she said, Oh no no no, it's a coffee filter. Well, oh, that was certainly a pun. You. you I, I could have gone with a dumb joke or I could have gone with a pun. And and then you went with both. <laughs> Andrew here with unsolicited jokes that you didn't know you needed or wanted. Mm. And arguably still neither of those still apply. Did I ever tell you about that time I got unsolicited marriage advice from Billy Gibbons? Oh. No. No, it was at the bar at a Chewy's in Nashville. And my, hus- my now husband wanted to go up and uh, talk beards with him and then... Rick was like, just it's very sweet and excited to tell everyone we're getting married. I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. And then he told Billy that, and, he, and then Billy's just started giving us so much unsolicited marriage advice. And he kept saying, his big thing was never say I love you, but only say I love you and. And then he was making it a, a say it at each other, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm like I want to go eat dinner with my mom or whatever. I don't really think of Billy Gibbons as Mister Marriage. I know, but he was real into it. And then he looked at us because I was like, I, I listen, I get it. I just, cause he was really actually, let's be honest, only making me my, I love you and to Rick and do this whole, like, I think he was just really bored waiting for his takeout order or whatever. And, uh, before he left or before, as I was leaving, he looked at me and said, you mother has got a lot to learn. Wow. <laughs> I was like, you Billy Gibbons. <laughs> Uh, and now I, I haven't listened to ZC Top since. I have a lot of Billy Gibbons stories, but I won't get into them here. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're friends with Billy Gibbons. That was just, that was just one no. of the more surreal experiences of my life. Is my mic level okay? Yeah, I think so. I know it looks lower. Okay. But, uh, you're I, I so robust down those. there. I mean, like your, your, your waveforms are just majestic. I know they look pretty good, uh, but I normalize and boost the audio where where needed. Right on. Yeah, I fix fix it in post. That's what I do. All right. Well, Emily, what's new with you? So I have um, I have been home, as we all have, uh, and I've been. And one of the nice things about everything being canceled all the time is that I have a blooper from chase bliss and i'm finally getting to uh filming some demos with it and it's a way inspirational pedal it's really cool yeah so the bloop <laughs> that was awkward uh so the blooper is chase bliss's new uh looper pedal and uh i just don't know how to really explain it it's, it can function like a normal looper 
and it can do a lot more. So there are modulations you can add to it. You can, um, one thing that I like a lot is it has uh, a knob that I think it says repeats. Yes. So you can have, um, if you're recording a lot of loops, you can have them sort of fade out to keep sort of a, a newness to uh to the loops that you're making and i think that's that's my favorite feature so far um you can also remove and add layers via via a knob um and then the the, the modulation effects are they're pretty cool i probably won't use them as much but i think they're really neat it's a fantastic pedal it's like a looper and then some yes a looper plus a looper plus um I'm trying to come up with some sort of witty joke for how it ties in with blooper, but I'm not, I'm having a hard time coming up with it, but I do like the name and I'm not entirely sure why I just, it drives. With yeah. Me. Yeah. I remember when uh, the chase bliss mood came out, uh, which is another pedal I really want to play around with more. Um, everyone thought that the blooper had to turn into the mood, but they are separate pedals. Very separate. Well, awesome. Well, Steve, yeah. what's new with you? Well, I went to London played three shows with the hold steady uh that was fun my back was kind of messed up but i got Aww. through it yeah a little less jumping than usual maybe a little less jumping yeah but still managed to to eke out uh two new pairs of jordans and one pair that hadn't seen the uk before so how many good. pairs of nice. jordans do you have probably 15 i don't know Oh, that's actually less than I expected. Right. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of shoes, but not I'm not compared to like your average sneakerhead, I feel like. Yeah, no. Like, I think there are people who are way into sneakers. I mean, yeah, there are a couple types of shoe that I have more than I should. I have like, there's this one boot that Tom's made a while back and I they were just my favorite shoes in the world. So I bought a second pair and then the second pair got stolen like I, I was in my office and I had my bike and I had uh, set them like this was in my office and I had set them on my, the back rack of my bike because I'd biked in that day and someone came in, they stole my little, like I have small hands, so they stole my little biking gloves and my little size six and a half uh, boot and I was just so pissed because I'm like, you're not going to sell those for drugs because someone needs to be that shoe size. <laughs> They're going to end up in a gutter. What a waste. And I went home and panic bought four more pairs of them. So that's why well, I have five pairs of the same boot. I mean, that's naturally the, the, the reaction you should have when someone steals your shoes. Just buy more. Right. Buy, buy specifically for more to ward off against any further stealings. Because if I just you knew get... they were going to discontinue them, though. It's, that's the thing. Like Jordans, like you got to buy them when you like them because don't they come up with different yeah, they drop colorways and then they're just kind yeah. of done. And then you have to go on Goat or StockX to get them. And, you know, I mean, like I want the, there's this one uh, red and black pair that I want really bad, but it's like 500 bucks or more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I flew home from the UK and it was like, all right, I'm on in an air. Like, like I had every, everybody on the flight had a row to themselves. Wow. Um, yeah. And long long travel like 15 hours like i left my hotel in london at like 10 a.m and walked in my door at 11 30 p.m central time you know yeah um and so now here we are you know i had a week of whatever's going on and uh so when was it uh i think i got home on monday 
had a rehearsal on Wednesday, I think mm. it was. So I, I was subbing for somebody on this gig, um, opening up for Larkin Poe. Oh, and yeah, they're great. Yeah, and so this is uh, Marcella and her lovers, um, she's here from in Memphis. And we had a great rehearsal, and then I was – because because I was subbing on a gig, I thought, hey, this would be a good opportunity to build another unique pedal board for this gig that I'm subbing on. <laughs> um, yes. And I had left Lactic. Yeah. And I had left my Hold Steady pedal board uh, with the pack because it was supposed to go to, to uh, it's it, because it is supposed to go to Minneapolis mm-hmm. um, for our shows there. And so I didn't have an additional pedal board. So because I was subbing on the gig, I thought, well, I should go buy another pedal board. Yeah. And while I was there, I was like, you know, this Chrome RC booster is kind of interesting as well. So <laughs> I kind of <laughs> dropped a lot of money on a pedal board for a gig that I was subbing. And as I was putting it together, like I just finished the pedal board. It was like, it is done. I got a text. Sorry, guys. I hate to say this, but the gig's been canceled. That was my first gig to get canceled this this weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I in one basically in a day, I lost all of my. I had like four gigs lined up this weekend. Um, I have two regular gigs, one you on Friday church and one on too, Sunday. Right? Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, a recovery service on Friday and a church service on Sunday morning, which is like my main in town income, and like those are just cut out. Um, you know, and so like one weird wrinkle, I'm actually just texting with a guitar player friend of mine right now. Um, you know, some venues, there's a couple of venues that I play regularly, uh, like they haven't really made any kind of statement and they're like, Hey, come tonight, you know, Joe Schmo's playing whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if, so I've got a gig, I've got gigs booked of my band. Friday and Saturday at two different venues. And right now I'm probably going to call it, you know? Yeah. I mean, people aren't supposed to be, you're not supposed to. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and it's not like, I mean, you know, it's not like I draw so many people, but like, you know, enough come usually, but so it's either like, you don't need to be doing that or hanging out in a bar. And if I do play, how many people are going to come out anyway? Right. You know, but the main thing is just like, you know, I feel it's not being alarmist to just to be like, yo, just let's just shut it down. Yeah. I mean, you, you shut everything down for two weeks right now. If that, yeah, if that could fix everything, then let's make it fix things or so, at least keep, at least keep people out of the hospital for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know how that's going to, so I was just texting with my buddy Joe Restivo and he had a gig tonight at this place, third and court. Uh, which is I'm booked to play there on Saturday. And I just saw the the gig was canceled. So I was asking him, I was like, did you call it or did they call it? And he told me they did, which means my gig is called, but the other, there's another bar that they haven't called it. And so I think they're just leaving it up to the artist to whether or not they want to do it or not. So, um, but I'm going to call it. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, it sucks because these are just continued lost wages for me, but yeah, you know, but that's what it is. One interesting thing is that both, you know, like the rock and roll club gigs are one thing, but both the recovery service that I do, because that's providing a service literally. 
and I guess people see church as a service. Why would they call it a service, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We're both looking at ways to do, um, you know, online streaming. That's Uh, what everyone's doing right now. Yeah, so I think there's a chance that that, I'll still have those gigs and they'll just be, you know, but like, you know, because they're actually really concerned, like, you know, we know this is your livelihood. We're going to work with you on this. So that was encouraging, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I just I was just sort of assuming because I'd heard from nobody about anything. It's just that like I was just going to take it in the shorts and that was that. Yeah. You know, well, that's really you know, encouraging better than hear. nothing. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about that more uh, later in the show about the the virtual streaming for sure. But um, yeah. I mean, Andrew, we should probably talk about what's new with you since you were so polite to ask us. Aw, I, I really appreciate that. Because well, uh, sometimes you're not good at asking me if I ask you first. So I don't want to be like that. Aw, well, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> so what's new with me? I I have a, a couple of new gear days as a result of a trade that I did. So la- uh, last week's show, I mentioned that I was going to break the rules of my trade and trade up game I've been playing for about a year. And Steve, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but what I did starting about a year ago, yeah, I, uh, I had an overdrive pedal that I paid for $20 shipped for. It was a Electro Harmonix Muff OD. It was just a little one-knobber overdrive um, honestly didn't really like that much, but I got a couple years ago and it was just sitting in a box. Um, and I given up on this notion I had that I was going to become the next, uh, pedal modifying genius whiz. Uh, that just wasn't going to happen. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing that, uh, I was really inspired by my experience as a kid in church, growing up in church youth groups. This game that we would play is called trade and trade up. And we would like split the whole group of kids into groups of like five kids um, give every group a pencil and say, here you go. Now walk around the neighborhood, knock on doors and try to trade your way up into something. And some of the stories we got out of that experience are absolutely bananas. I remember one time I came home with like a, like an actual like racing bicycle, like one of those ultra lightweight kind of deals, like trading up just with a pencil around the neighborhood. It was kind of wild. Um, so I was like, I'm going to start doing that, but with this pedal. So I've been trading the pedal for about a year and I end, uh, ended up with an alter ego times four, one of the big. Uh, giant TC electronic delay pedals. Yeah. And it's worth about 150, 160, somewhere in that range. And I started running into this block of no one really wanted to trade it. And if they did, it was trade plus cash, which isn't really in the, the spirit of the game. Um, the only cash I was willing to put into this is just the cost of shipping. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to sell it. And so last week when I recorded the episode, I had a buyer lined up who's going to pay 164. I was pretty happy with that. And the goal was to spend that 160 on another pedal and then continue trading. Well, buyer backed out literally right as we were done recording the episode. I was like, dang it, uh, that's not good. So I um, started continued to, to poke around, see if I could get any trade offers. And I finally got a gentleman, um, I forget which state he lives in, but he reached out to me and said, hey, I don't have anything for a one-for-one trade, but I do have a stack of pedals I'm not using. Would you be interested in trading for two pedals? And so I, I, I took a look at what he had to offer and I ended up settling on trading the alter ego times four in exchange for an alter ego V2, which is just a little single size enclosure and a DOD FX six, uh, FX, um, 67, which is a turbo chorus. Um, so now I've got two pedals and in combination, they're worth about the same as the, the big pedal that I had, but those will be a lot easier for me to trade. So that's my new wrinkle in the game of trade and trade up. We'll see how this goes. I've got two pedals to trade now that I can trade together or independently. 
Nice. All from a $20 overdrive. That's actually really good. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I just had a gig got canceled. (laughs) Now? Just now. Man. So, yeah. oh, the other thing, other thing is, um, I think, Jesus. no, no, this one's actually really exciting. I've got, uh, I'm waiting on money to transfer into like the account that I'm used to pay for this, but I'm ordering a Strymon Iridium. Congratulations. To, oh, wow. Or tomorrow when that money transfers over, it's going to be my first Strymon pedal ever. I've never owned it was, one. It was mine too. And I love it. I've got a lot of, well, not, not a lot of some people, but I do have like the, the three Strymon brick. Um, nice. Those the are good. The Strifecta. The Strifecta. I know people are like, "Oh man, like you're gonna hit everything. It's like too close." But like, how would you not put them that close together? They match up because they don't have exactly. On the side. They just brick together perfectly. They make them specifically to do that. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's just like, such a beautiful look too. Yeah, and yeah, I've got. Um, I bought. I just bought my second Ohi at the little the little four. It's so cute. I love those yep. things. I I have an Ohi and the little um, plug fell out, so I don't. I, I I'm sure I could fix that myself, but it doesn't work right now. So I have a a brick, a little Ohi brick. Aww. Right. So because I just had the pedal power, and I just put like the little, and I'm I got like a little you know IEC splitter and put the Ohi next to it, so I had you know twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I mean, because I didn't need a whole nother power brick, you know, right? Because um, I, I don't have, I didn't have room for eight more pedals. I just had uh, room for a few more, but it's it's really helped out things quite a bit. Yeah, but I love I love the Iridium. I use it in most of the the gear demos. I I tend to use the Milkman gear, uh, the Milkman the amp, uh, for for dirt demos because it actually does have a tube preamp. Oh uh, yeah, and I just think it sounds more natural. But I've gotten some really good sounds out of the. Um, out of the Strymon, even with with buzz pedals. I got the. Uh, I recently got the Boss Katana thing, or no, no, the the Waza tube amp expander. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> have uh, what have you tried it with yet? All I've done is I've jacked. I've got a fifty watt plexi. Um, uh-huh. So I just jacked that straight into my DAW. You know, like speaker out into the was a thing and at, right that, out of that into the apollo um yep it was cool you know it was like that was uh there was a plexi you know i guess it sounded like a mic'd up plexi um, right right but you know it was like also like i had a <laughs> a marshall head sitting on top of my rack it's like this is big um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess Hello. like with the power amp thing like I guess that's the expander part. Like, like, you know, I've got my favorite amp. The amp that I use the most at home is a Vox Cambridge, um, which was yeah. made by Thomas Organ. It's basically like a Princeton reverb, except with the L84s. Um, but, like, I love the way that amp sounds. So, like, I, I guess there's a way you could run that amp into the expander and then go through the power amp section of the expander and make it louder than what it really is. So you have the tone of the amp, but like the wattage is increased or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It just gives a little bit more juice. You can uh, instead of just powering like a little one by twelve, you get it to a four by twelve. Yeah. Pull someone's socks off. And and then there's more actual output behind it. But you know, the thing is, is that I don't know where I would use that. I mean, I don't want to bring all that to a gig. 
Um, and yeah, that's fairly reasonable, you know, and really like most gigs around town, it even hold steady gigs. It's like, no, you're too loud. Don't even have any in the PA. You can't hear the vocals. You're too loud. Uh, put me in the PA. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing an AC 15. Right. Like, right. Like what happened? What the dream is over. Like what, who made the call with this? That like, when I was your a kid, AC 15 is too loud. Yeah, why was you know, I not consulted? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I thought, Hey man, if you're playing to a thousand people, you can play a half stack, right? No, yeah. no nope. Sorry. Not anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, I, yeah. that, that sounds cranky. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> a little bit. It's fine. We're all cranky. We've been yeah. home for too long. Yeah, and I just had another. I just had another gig canceled. By the way, two in five minutes. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it was more like my singer just notified me. I was like, ah, well, April might be quiet for us. Well, Steve, if it makes you feel any better, I've been trying to sell off. I've got a hundred watt tube combo uh, sitting uh-huh. in um, that I haven't been playing because it's just a little bit too loud for home, but. Gosh darn it! If I'm going to be locked inside in my home in the Seattle area for the neck for the better part of the next month, I might just bring it in and just crank it, and the neighbors can deal with it. Gosh right. darn it! I got to clean up my studio before I do anything, but because my back was messed up, I've been hesitant to like, hey, like let me get this Marshall cabinet wedged into this small uncomfortable area that I can't move freely. That does not sound like a good idea right now, Steve. No, no, no. When you, you know, when you're a member of the old steady, that's you know. That's oh, that's yeah. pretty good. I, yeah. I hadn't heard that one yet. That's that's it, that's inner band uh, speak right there. It, it's nice that? to feel like the only I'm not the only one making self-deprecating jokes on the podcast for once. Yeah, oh, I got a million of them. <laughs> nice. I'll be here all week. Nice. All out. week. Yeah, we were gonna go. We were gonna go out of town for spring break, but that's not happening. Where um, were you gonna go? We were just gonna go to Nashville. My wife's grandmother lives there. Oh yeah, definitely don't see your wife's grandmother right She's now. She's ninety no. years old. Hell no. Hell no. Um, and then our our friends live up there as well, so they, we have children similar age, and um, we we're gonna hang out with them, just really mellow. But now we're not doing any of that. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because like you know I got to figure out what I'm going to do about these gigs I mean I'm going to cancel them I, I really think I am but like who knows where we'll be at by Thursday you know I have no idea like I'm just expecting more things to get cancelled I'm shocked so the gig one of the two gigs I just had um, cancelled or postponed and who knows if we're going to be able to play the new date at all right um, I'm, like I was just waiting for them to cancel it because it was the the, the weekend y'all are playing in Minneapolis, actually. So I'm like, well, it's Seattle. They're going to cancel that. Um, right. And then the other one was another April gig. They're, the person's canceling the tour. We were supposed to do a, a, a local opener for somebody. And so that tour is canceled. So I can't say with 100% that whether or not we're going to do that First Avenue gig. Yeah. Which is crushing because I would, I've been so looking forward to that gig. Um but you know, all of this, I mean, it's significant because it affects everybody's bottom line, but it's, it's, yeah. to me, it's like, it's just, it's a annoyance and perturbing, but like, what I'm really worried about is like, you know, total societal collapse, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, somebody saying like, well, we can't have the elections right now. So I'm dictator for life, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, and I just peed a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, I just got like sick to my stomach. Nazi's not a symptom of COVID-19, though, at least. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, my God. On that note, maybe we should thank our sponsors of the show. We actually have two I forgot. Uh, we have two. And uh, the first one is Chase Bliss Pedals. Woo. Yeah. They send me a blooper, which makes them a sponsor of the show. Uh, Chase Bliss makes this. The the blooper is my um my third Chase Bliss pedal. Um, I also have the got the generation lost in the mood. So this has been a year of Chase Bliss acquisitions for me, and I love them all. I don't have any of their pedals. I, They're I need, nice. I need to pick something up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big ups to Chase Bliss for that. Uh, the other is Old Blood Noise Endeavors. They have a new pedal called the Visitor, and the Visitor is a multi-modulation. Yeah, it's a multi-modulation pedal. It has a primary and secondary channel, and they run in parallel, which is really really cool versus in series. Mm-hmm. So you can have a like tremolo twice, or chorus twice, oh, chorus yeah. tremolo, chorus tremolo, uh, chorus phaser. Yeah, so like, that's really neat. I'm a big fan. This week's episode of Get Offset is sponsored by Oralex Acoustics, the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. You know, we don't always give our room the credit or the blame for our tone, but the truth is, it might not be your gear. The problem might be the room. From your home studio to your office, Your gear always sounds better in an acoustically treated room. And these aren't knockoffs and this is not just some mattress foam you paste on your wall. Oralex Acoustics creates professionally tested products and provides the free knowledge and support you need to properly treat your room. Use the code GETOFFSET, all caps, case sensitive, one word, at oralex.com for 10% off your entire order, plus free shipping over $200. That's GetOffset at Oralex.com. I just bought a muffaletta. Nice. I had one of those. It's handy. Yeah. Um, I was, I had sessions like directly after I bought it and like it literally came in very, it was super useful. I love it when that happens yeah. when you buy a pedal and immediately uh, put it to use. Yep. That was like the, the care, um, the Carolina effect somersault pedal. Uh, it's like a coarse vibrato pedal. Uh-huh. And I was, I took it into the studio and the woman I was recording with just loved it so much. It was, I think her favorite of the things that I did was the weird, um, psychedelics I did with that pedal. Yeah. Love I'm a fan of psychedelics. Well, uh, musically speaking. I don't speaking. believe you. I, was gonna say, I don't believe you. Musically speaking, I think more people should take psychedelics. More people, yeah. I've never taken them. Oh no, Steve left. Uh oh. And Andrew's muted. We're still there. We'll figure it out. Hey, you nope, came back. Steve's back. Steve's back. Steve. <laughs> what happened? You dropped, or I, I said, dropped. Who knows? I, I said I think more people should take psychedelics, and the whole thing went dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening. Oh, the servers are like, no, think of the children. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Just stick to the dirt water and doo-doo drugs and you'll be all right. Dirt water and doo-doo drugs. What? What? You're getting your cush from the wrong dealer, buddy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
so so those that are the reminds me of, i have weed in my i don't do weed very well at all i'm not good at it wish i was i have the mr moxie the mr moxie's mints they're um micro dose cannabis infused mints i want to try the whole cbd thing yeah you can find cbd sodas in a lot of stores out here yeah and uh, there's a place in ballard have you been to hattie's in ballard it's a if you've played the tractor or the sunset in seattle um a lot of people eat at hattie's because you get a discount so maybe you have i don't think so i don't think so it just um but but they have cbd infused cocktails right now that's like a margarita but instead of normal like sword soda water they put a cbd infused soda water really nice i actually got this margarita mix this mary's margarita mix it has the cbd infused and as soon as i saw i'm like oh that's a whole steady lyric like mary's got a bloody nose from (laughs) sipping margarita mix because they they made a a margarita um bloody mary mix too i'm like wow this is literally a whole steady song. I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to pull from. There's a lot of words. Um, oh, so many words. I don't know how words. Craig. I don't know how Craig remembers the words because I sure as shit don't. Yeah. Well, some people. I remember do. a lot of them. Yeah, I remember a lot of them. But then, every, like Rick has a better recall for them in normal conversation. He hasn't listened to y'all half as much as I have. Sometimes it's just muscle memory. The actual physical feeling of forming the words. Mm, and, yeah. and, and and the cadence that dictates it. Oh. Um, uh, so the topic for this week to just abruptly change into that. Yeah. Get this thing in line. So we we've last week we talked about coronavirus and it was right when like the day after we recorded like two days after South by canceled. So we'd really just seen like the tip of the iceberg as far as cancellations go. So what we're trying to do is talk to people in the industry about how this is actually affecting real people. Because it's one thing to be like a fan of music and have the shows you wanted to go to canceled, but it's something different for the people who make 99% of their income from live music. For sure. I don't know how much of your income you make from live music, but um, I know you uh, are a, a great a majority performer. of it. Yes. No, I mean, I'd, I'd say the, yeah, I mean, the lion's share of my income comes from playing live. Yeah. And it's this whole thing where nobody makes money from album sales anymore. No. So you have to go tour. And that was not exactly the best time to do that. Yeah. I mean, I made more. I, the band that I had in the 90s, Big Ass Truck, I made exponentially more money on, on for my royalties, like BMI and whatnot, than I do in the Hold Steady. Yeah. And, and like, and, you know, that band big ass truck wasn't near as you know had near the, the following the hold steady does mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean like it's it's the, it's it's a joke what what i my bmi statements you know so yeah it's it's yeah. all it's all just gigs in town or sessions and then whatever with the hold steady yeah um, and it's this this it's the whole systematic thing in the music industry that has made musicians so reliant on live touring so then if you can't do it because you're sick or you're injured or there's a international pandemic that's canceling <laughs> every show everywhere. Like, like how do you make your money? You still got to pay your rent. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. You know? Um, I mean, my only side hustle is like, you know, pawn shopping and, you know, just flipping gear and shit like that. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't know. I don't think I don't think anybody knows where any of this is going just yet, you know. Yeah. But I, I mean, know we're hopeful that it'll die off in the summer. But I mean, yeah. what's to keep this from happening again? Yeah. I mean, I, learn, what are we going to learn from this? Yeah. I mean, it's man. It depends on. Oh God, I, I mean, I have no idea. But like, you know, it depends on how we behave moving forward. Like, you know. Maybe people are like, I'm not going to cancel that show. It's like, well, you should cancel that show or yeah. I'm going to go out to the bar or you shouldn't go out to the bar. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's only one way to find out, I guess. But uh, that's not a like, judgment call you want to be wrong on. Yeah, exactly. No. And it's just like and then, you know, and then what's going to happen in November is going to have a big impact on how we move forward as well. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, right now I've, I've lost money this weekend and I will lose money, uh, next weekend as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the weekend after that, I was supposed to leave town and it's looking like that won't happen either. The Um, Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know and, everyone was looking forward to those shows, and people are traveling. It's supposed course. to be traveling in for them, I'm sure. Yeah, it's First know, Avenue, um, man. It's you yeah. know, it's Mecca. It's like, and and then we were supposed to go to Australia, so I don't know where we are with that. That's in May. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about Australia. Yeah, like I was supposed to fly to SFO and then from there go to Australia. Um. But, you know, I'm not really super optimistic that that's going to happen either. I don't, I don't know, but they had I don't know I think... what's going to happen by June. I'm supposed to, I mean, I'm supposed to go to Nashville and Atlanta and then to, to South Carolina to see my mom after, like, I mean, I'm sure I'll be able to keep some part of that trip probably, but. The hard thing for everybody is, is that knowing is half the battle. And at this point, we still don't know, even we still know what we don't know. And we certainly don't know what we ought to know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that we said that last week. That's basically how we did the episode. But like to talk more about like how it's actually affecting people, musicians now, I was supposed to go to Tree Fort um, at the end of the month and interview a bunch of people for that. Now I'm trying to pivot that interview to just talk to people who were part of this festival that was canceled. Right. Um, I was going to talk to Rat Boys and their whole their whole tour got canceled. Then now they have all this tour merch that has like sh- sh- cities they hit and the dates that's just <laughs> they bought their first tour shirts with all the whole tour on the back and the whole tour got canceled ah uh, yeah so, and now they just have all this like these shirts and <laughs> maybe people will buy, like i bought one because sure. i love them well yeah. that's what's going around it's just like you know hey just buy some merch go online and buy some merch from a band buy a record you know yeah um, buy the record don't stream the record yeah buy it and uh, I would love for this to be more of a thing that fans of music do to understand like how things, how, 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 how musicians actually make their money now. Yeah. I mean, it was always yeah. tenuous before, you know, the f- pandemic, but yeah. now here we are. I mean, hopefully it'll just be like, you know, we'll get through it and just be like, man, that was a f- up spring. You remember that? Um, yeah. And, you know, but. I don't, maybe not. I mean, I don't even know if my kids are going to go back to school at all. I mean, they're saying March 
30th, but it could just as easily be like, we've called the school year indefinitely. Um, luckily my wife and I both, I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't have jobs that are at offices. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what we'd be doing with the kids if we were just, you know, worked a job where we still had to come in. Yeah. Like nurses or food service workers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was just talking to my my neighbor who's a nurse, and all the schools here in the state of Washington are canceled through what April twenty fifth, April. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Like, that's within like five weeks of the end of the school year, I think, maybe mm-hmm. even six. I mean, it's one thing if um, Steve, you and I were talking about this. It's one thing if your kids are older, but like I know that this woman's a nurse, and all the other nurses that she works with are who are moms are like trying. Who's going to watch my kid? Like, can, can you switch shifts with me so I can be home with them during the day? Yeah. Or maybe I'll take your kids and then you take my kid. And, like, they're trying to work it out, but there's no child care. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, the little ones ask a lot of questions. Oh, little um, ones sure do. Yeah. yeah. I've got the uh, – not nearly in the same bind as a lot of people are in because uh, my day job is continuing on. So I'm not losing income there, but uh, – it means my wife and I have to make the uh, had to make the decision of well for the most part we're going to be staying home um, even as I as I work and so is, am I going to be the one to work from home or uh, but the reality is my wife can't do nearly as much work from home and we don't have access to childcare anymore and that means I mean we're losing I mean everybody's losing a chunk of income at this point um, so we're we're feeling just a small bit of that stress yeah. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't have kids, and I'm feeling stressed about like our clients going to renew for the agency stuff. Or I mean, it goes down the chain, you know. It's just, yeah. I mean, like <clears throat> just this week, like you know, the person that cleans our house came on Thursday, and then I paid on Friday, and I was like, I'm probably going to have to suspend this, you know. And this, yeah. and this person's a friend of mine who owns the cleaning service, you know. And it's just like, hey, look, I just lost a lot of wages, and so. Now you're about to lose some income as well. Yeah, that's just how it works. It's like the people who are almost the most, like, I don't want to say hand to mouth because that has such negative connotations, but like precarious, mm-hmm. relying on other other people's well-being to be able to do their living. And yeah, these are all services that we, we need and we want throughout the course of the year. But, and musicianship is that, is that too. I mean, as people lose jobs and lose wages when music does come back are they going to spend money on it right um because so much of what people spend on music is not like it's not it's it's i think it's a necessity in life but it's not a necessity right eating and housing is yeah it's it's self-care it's it's whatever but um, but yeah, I mean, how, how do people spend money on music? You know, it's like your, how does your average person spend money on music and what do they do? I mean, it's like, do they, okay. Say you are like a crazy super into music, but like maybe you're just a crate digger, right? So you're supporting your local record store yeah. and maybe they can do something to support local artists, I guess, but you're not like, you know if you're buying that sweet Boz Skaggs record that has the sample that you wanted, like, you know, nobody's Boz, Boz ain't getting that money. Well, he's dead, but, um, well, his estate ain't, yeah, his son Dustin isn't getting the money for that, but you know, so, but like, is, is, 
is it paying the cover charge? Is it, you know, buying an album? I mean, I think you know, that a lot of buying people, an album. They music is they, is they listen to the ra- maybe they listen to the radio or they uh, stream on Spotify and that's all of their music budget for the year. Yeah. And that's just sad. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so, I, don't um, know. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard couple of months, but uh, yeah. But and, uh, again, I'm just like, if this is the hardest, then we'll be okay. Like if, you know, if it just, if it makes already difficult industry a little more difficult to make a living for a number of months and then that's it, then I'm okay with that. It's just that the bigger implications of what might happen is is what gives me the heebies and the jeebies. And I mean, um, if it hadn't been for, you know, the way labels have changed, the way people stop buying music, like, in the 90s, if this had happened, it would have been bad, but it wouldn't have been, have been catastrophic. People would still buy music. But it's happening now. We've already taken away these these revenue streams for artists. Um, yeah, but, you we're know... All, we're all complicit in it, in a way, but... But in the 90s, you know, there was... Then and now, there always was and there always will be people that might not ever even make a record, but they, they make... Th- or or they, they, they would only sell it locally, but they just make their money playing music, playing right. nursing homes or, or, you bar know, bands, bar bands, cover bands, cover bands, church gigs, you know, uh, just, I mean, literally plying their trade, you know, yeah. um, children's performers. Yeah. You know, uh, so I don't know, maybe people will get creative. I mean, we'll see how the internet shakes things out in terms of, you know, yeah. I know everybody wants to do like live streaming concerts right now. I don't know if people like watching that stuff, like in general. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on uh, uh, what you want to get out of it. And for a lot of people, they don't necessarily have a sound system that's going to do it justice at home. Right. And the other half of that is honestly like the fun for me of going to go see a show live often, not to say that the music doesn't matter, but I'll go to a concert if I don't necessarily know or care about the artist because it's the experience of going that can be so that, that that's a big part part of why a lot of people go. Honestly, I mean, I don't I don't usually watch whole steady live streams if people are doing it. <laughs> like it's no, different. I mean that got brought up the other like last night. You know, it's like when we start talking about streaming services, like you know, church services or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to yell there's so much joy into this little camera, you know? No. It's just, I mean, it, it doesn't not. work that way. I mean, it's like, what it, it would look like a sound check jam. Um, yeah. I, and I just, I know that stage it is a website that's been around for forever for people to do live streaming from and then get money. So like you pay a little money and you can see yeah. like this, this live stream and it was big several years ago and i'm assuming they're seeing quite a um a resurgence but i know a lot of people on facebook are trying to do these virtual concerts this organization i used to work with called artist home they're doing a bunch of they're trying to compile like a master list of all these virtual streamed um pacific northwest shows so and with a way to, to people to donate money to the performers but then that's just going to, that's going to be so much noise. It's going to be so much noise. Yeah. And, and honestly, like if you're not like, 
Adele famous, you're not if you're not famous enough to get like a TV special anyway. I just don't know people. Well, yeah, watch and, a lot of that stuff. Well, and like what I mean, you know, I like to see different angles of things, and another person might want to see something else. It's just like, you know, are you, you going to set up like a five camera shoot and? Actually, my husband used to have a business model that was exactly that. They would set up wow. four or five cameras, and you could pick your your angle. It didn't do well. Like, right. There, oh yeah. Not, it. There wasn't enough uh, demand for it. Their platform worked, and you know yeah. they got a couple of gigs, but ultimately, it just wasn't. There wasn't a demand for it. Maybe there would be now, but yeah, I've thought about. You know, I don't. I don't think it would pay off for me to do it. Just be like, I mean, I'm not going to set my band up back here or anything. Um, it, but like, hey, you know, I'll play some songs and like, you know, throw me some Venmo or whatever. But yeah. I mean, no one has the attention span to do that. I mean, not really. And then it's it's like taking up an entirety of a computer screen or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like basically you're just saying like, will you give me some money? I need some money. Would you give me yeah. some money? Thanks. I mean, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll if play you a put song. it like that. It sounds like virtual panhandling, which. Yeah, it's which virtual busking. It yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're just yeah. opening up a virtual guitar case and singing. Um, right. Uh, well, I mean, so I feel like there. That said, if looking at a slightly different industry, if you look at the the gamer streaming industry, I mean, they they essentially do this that exact same thing. It's virtual virtual busking, and it's showing gameplay and talking to it. And uh, well, that was that, stage it too. I mean, that's very much an industry that's alive and well right now, yeah. and I can imagine right now is doing really really well. And so, I guess the question that's running around the back of my head from um, it, with that in mind is how can we as musicians kind of reimagine what our revenue streams look like with the constraints that we have right now? And is there a way that we can pull from similar uh, business models, whether it be streaming uh, in the, the gamer industry or anything like that? Is there a way to, to reimagine what it looks like for us to make money? And I don't know what the easy answer, I don't think there is an easy yeah. answer there, but we've got to get creative. You know, I right thought there. about, Go ahead, Steve. I thought about, you know, putting it out there like, I mean, I'm not much of a lesson giver, but like, hey, like, yeah. you know, if you want to do an hour on Skype, we can, you know, we can talk about how to put together a pedal board or how I play this or, you know, oh, I'll, I'll teach you the good. guitar solo from spinners or whatever. But like, quite honestly, you know, just from normal times, I just don't know how well those things ever pan out. Like whenever I see like somebody's like, hey, I'm offering up lessons. I'm like, oh, damn. You you're are not hard doing that hard. Money. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend, Susan Palmer, and she has a guitar studio and she's moved all like of lessons. So she's just naturally a teacher. But uh, she commented on one of our posts that says, uh, I moved all my lessons to Skype FaceTime. So far, so good. And she has um, uh, companion books. Actually, she has really good guitar manual, like teaching books. Right. Um, and she's donating $5 of each book sale to uh, an artist fund as long as she has supplies. And she said, her last part of her comment is, I'm seeing folks try hard to help each other. That makes me feel a little better. So, I mean, but she's always done lessons. It's not such a thing like, oh, my schedule's. Because I know that, like, when I have, when I post, like, hey, I have some bandwidth to, like, do some writing or some freelance this or that, it usually means because I'm hard on them hard up on money or, like, I. Yeah. Need it's money. like you go in, it's hustle mode. It's just like, all right, what else can I do? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's well, one everybody's step. in hustle mode right now. So sure. And you know, one thing I wonder about too, is like, you know, there's a lot of talk right now, like just 
among many communities, but like since we're talking about music and the arts and stuff, it's like, hey, we got to help each other out and let's like really find creative ways. What I wonder is just like, how long is this going to go on and how, what's the yeah. scope of it going to be where there starts to be some very quick fatigue set in and just like, you know what, mother, I got to go for my own. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I mean, I just don't, I just, I look at the streaming and I think that people will do it for a while, but it's, it's kind of that thing where, um, you know, a local bookstore, they build a big new bookstore and then, they do this, they hold a rally and people go and they shop to the local bookstore again for a little bit. And then you can't keep doing that every time you need more money because yeah. people are going to get so like, okay, this is just not a business that's working. Yeah. It's like just... how many times can you just beg people to support you because they should be supporting you? I mean, if people aren't going to do it, then they're not going to do it. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess you'd be forced to look at it a different way, but like the whole thing about like, streaming, is just like the whole thing about playing gigs and and for the people that do come out to shows and do play in clubs, it's something to do so you're not watching some shit, you know, on TV, on or TV, on or, or yeah, like you know, some oh, oh look, somebody's gigs on Facebook Live. I guess I'll watch it there, or, or I'll, I'll. It's the human connection. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we talk in my band, we talk about that a lot, but it's like you know, we, I guess we were struggling anyway with competing with people that could just stay home and have so many options of ways to entertain themselves, you know, and now it's just like, well, you know what? You don't have any gigs. So don't even worry about that, you know, being an issue. Um, yeah. And, and to touch on a point that just got mentioned is uh, along with the sense of, we don't know how long this is going to be going on for. Uh, I'm seeing that particular tension play out with a lot of churches that um I'm connected with. And the question that they're all having is we haven't live streamed before, so we don't have any equipment. Do I just set up an iPhone in the back and hope this only goes on for a couple of weeks, knowing that that's going to be really terrible quality, or do we throw a little bit more money at this and get a better experience together? Technologically right. speaking for, if this is going to be a longer haul and it's like, well, do we just commit all at once now and thinking more about, um, into more mainstream music and trying to make a living and not just provide a church service is, if you're kind of just half-assed it up front, you're not necessarily going to pull the audience you're going to need long-term, but is it, we don't know if it's worth it for you to go and drop like a thousand bucks into a little like home um, streaming situation, maybe set up a Twitch channel or something like that. Is that really going to be, are you going to get your money back on that? Is that just counterproductive? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, do we know that like, yeah, I mean, do you do you make that gamble saying like I think this is the way it's going to be moving forward? Like, and, yeah, I and, hope not. I know. Um, but yeah, it's like how do you how do you make that call, and to what extent do you go all in? Yeah. Well, how but far we do. Out do we cancel shows right now? Right. Like, right. are we looking at like am I have a big a, a really well paying gig? for my band in late May. I'm like, is it going to happen? I was thinking about flying to Nashville for a show with Michelle Sullivan and the all night boys in late May. I'm like, is that going to happen? I think moving forward, unless something really up happens that like, it's just going to be like, you know, you, you hit that two weeks and then like you get it to the week or days before the next gig. It's like, yeah, nope, that one's canceled too. Like, you know, no one's going to be like, all right, we're canceling all our gigs until the end of the year. But they'll just cancel them no. as they right, come no up. One can, 
reasonably afford that, but I mean, some people can. Well, apparently, I mean, Coldplay, Coldplay just said they're not going to tour until they can be like zero carbon emissions or whatever. So obviously, they make oh, bless enough money that they don't have to like tour. Yeah, Michael Jackson didn't tour, but that was again that was a different climate. He only actually he only toured when he needed money. Yeah, I mean, I get yeah, I. I mean, Coldplay is going to make money on tour, but they're going to spend a lot of money on tour. And it's like if they don't do it, there's a big overhead that's not being spent. Um, You know, that's true. I mean, it's like a Prince's Love Sexy Tour didn't was was in the red until the last leg, which was Japan. So like I I saw that I saw that tour. Oh, no, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. Like I had pretty I mean, I believe you. I had pretty decent seats and like. Um, you know, like he was out there with the fucking Thunderbird, like mm. the, the car was on the stage and, oh, and, so and cool. it, it was in the round, but like, so I was like, you know, having a great time. And then like, I just kind of was like pausing to like get my breath and just like take it all in. And I, but I, so I was just kind of standing there, not moving. And I swear to God, this was, this actually happened. He just stopped, looked dead at me and like slumped and his, his, his arms like fell to his knees and he just looked at me like, what? Like move your ass <laughs> it was crazy i mean oh he's like white boy i was like yes sir, i'm sorry i'm sorry i was just resting i was just resting <laughs> i believe that that sounds amazing man it's crazy i've actually i've seen um the 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 european broadcast like they they broadcasted that live in europe i guess for for the listeners who don't know but uh it's like been on YouTube or other places, and I've, I've so I've watched him like, damn, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my, my god! My brother saw the Purple Rain tour. Damn, I, I didn't get to go. I, yeah, I was sick. I didn't get to. I mean, I wasn't ill. I was just sick that I missed it. But yeah. all all these years, I thought that it was just like I don't want to go with my little brother and say, okay, you go by yourself. But then he was we were talking about it just the other day he was like no man i wasn't gonna go and then just this one ticket fell on my lap somebody was like do you want to go to this that's so i I held held a grudge against my who i love very much but um for all these years i was just like i I thought i got little brothered and 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 he wasn't (laughs) my brother's not like that he would have totally taken me Mm -hmm. Um, just that one time no i get that's that's a great story yeah i saw someone else called you out for uh Putting a little purple rain in the loop at the end of um, killer parties. It's I mean yeah. it, it fits so I love well. It when you do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and it's, I love it when you did that. Yeah, in uh, San Francisco. Right, you put it in the delay trail, the, the loop, because I always do that at the end of the very last, you know, the G when the, the hold steady. Um, mm-hmm. I the you know the the L cap has that sound on sound thing when you dump the both little switches all the way down. It just keeps you know it's just loops it just it just adds whatever you play on top of it you know and so it's I like this that. yeah th- that's the first thing i did when i got that i actually recorded it like i've got this re- super spaced out recording of like it kind of sounds like in a silent way a little bit but um but like i i did this i had my j masses jazz master and i was like it was all this like really verbed out stuff yeah I just. Like, I mean, I had a really, I had a really big smile on my face at the end of that for uh, the Friday San Francisco show um, in twenty, when eighteen, whatever, and mm-hmm. but like, 
just in general from the show, it was like the first time I'd seen y'all since uh, 2010 in Nashville. Oh, and, wow. Uh, but, but I looked at Rick and I'm like, see, played Purple Rain. <laughs> 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 that was like the thing I said. I was like, it's Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always like it when people throw out little quotes. I'm like, hey, I heard that. I know what you're doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like a little a little wink to anybody that cares to listen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, um, but- so I know that, sorry, just real quick. I know Andrew had actually put out um, something on our Instagram and our Facebook page asking for just some other artists to, to chime in about how, how things have been for them. Andrew, are you still there, bud? I am. Fantastic. Did you want to? Yeah, so I've got one specific comment here I wanted to read out just as a, um, not to like get me Debbie Downer or anything, but the the reality for a lot of people for this is pretty stark. And so I wanted to read this comment just to as another voice in the mix of of this community. This comes from City Silos. Uh, oh and, gosh, they've had a time because they're from Nashville. They are from Nashville, so I'm going to read this comment verbatim and uh, hold on to your seats and try not to cry, but. Uh, quote, we've lost all our shows for the upcoming months. That includes our original shows and corporate events that were booked uh, for, which are big money for us that we count on. No shows means no opportunities to sell merch either. We've been donating our merch sales to help with the national tornado relief here. Our online store is still going, but it's easier to reach people in person. Plus we want to play shows. It's our life. And now we're stuck inside and can't do our jobs with music. We had shows scheduled all the way through May and now those are gone. End quote. Yeah, yep. that's not great. But that also sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't get people in person, and that's where people like, spend most of their money on merch and album sales. And well, I mean, that's... here's my. I mean, I guess I don't know enough about it, but like, if you get sick and then you get better, like you don't get sick again. Is that correct? That's what they think. That's what they think. That's what, a major that's what mutation. Being said. Right. Right. So, but like, I mean, it's not gonna, like in two weeks. It's not going to be like there's a vaccine or everybody's like, okay, well, everybody got sick and everybody got better. It's, so it's like this summer, people can still go to a show and infect somebody. Yeah, I mean, they're like, literally just trying to delay it, but because of hospital yeah. um, capacity. So if the hospitals are both yeah, yeah. bad, people are going to die. So like, I get it, but at, also it's, I don't know. At the risk of sounding like a bad Seattleite, um, Washington Post of all media outlets put out a really good um, infographic uh, where it kind of explains like why, what, what's even the point of trying to delay the, uh, how quickly this infects everybody. Cause some people are saying, well, Let's just everybody get sick. Let's get this over with and we can move on as a society. Then everyone's and, then everyone's going to die at once. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, depending on how you look at it, it, the infographics are very helpful in terms of just explaining that the reality is, is that there's only a limited number of hospital beds and only a n- limited number of respirators. So if you start going over hospital capacity, like what we've seen in Italy, the yeah, issue that's... that you're going to run into is yeah. you're going to have to start deciding, well, who's got the best chance of living and they get a respirator. And if you're older than the, than the average uh, person that's in the, uh, that's being admitted to the hospital, you're just not going to get a bed. You're being sent home to die, right. which is really, really depressing. Uh, but it just, 
And so that's what the infographic is showing is if certain measures and um, the way that they, they put together like a little like video graphic for each of the different levels of social distancing, what that looks like and how that slows down the number of people all at once. And, um, and just by trying to spread this out as long as possible, we're not overloading the hospitals. And that means right. you got a much, much higher survivability rate. Right. right. What we're seeing, the, the difference I think we're seeing yeah. between, um, not that I'm any sort of expert and please don't, dear God, quote me on this. But from what I'm looking at, the impression that I have at this point is that the difference in mortality rate we're seeing between China and Italy is that China was able to quarantine, slow it down quite a bit, and they were um, able to also maximize their hospital capacity pretty quickly uh, or get more temporary hospitals up. And I will say to- um, Italy also has a lot of older people compared to younger people because their reproductive rate has is the lowest in the European Union or one of the lowest in the European Union. People are having ba- haven't been having babies in Italy for decades. Right, right, and I, not I'm sure this is a, bit a stereotype for a reason. I've always been under the impression that Italian people just live forever. It's the red wine. That's what I've been told. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely different Olive factors. Definitely the red wine. Uh, and the uh, olive oil. Yeah, yeah, olive oil and garlic, and then and the omega threes from like the anchovy. And... Mm. Ooh. So um, I mean, there's definitely some differences going on, but the reality is, is that we've got our own set of things. I think one of the things that people should be more afraid of in this country is it, it's also not just the old, but it's also people with underlying health conditions like diabetes. Yeah, our friend uh, Ryan Burke uh, from Six Cycle Hum has diabetes. You know, I didn't know that. My friend Michelle, um, uh, who was on the podcast, and I don't Steve, I don't know if you've met Michelle. She's in my Nashville band. She's a singer. I, I sent you her record. Yeah. But uh, she's immunocompromised as well. She right. had a, a serious illness and is the one who, guess what, needs the antibacterial stuff right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I live right around the corner from my in-laws um, who are uh, well into the the age range that is considered high risk. And then I live yeah. with my mother um, for the, for my own sake. I, I'll say that my mother lives with me. Uh, she's she immunocompromised. She yeah. yeah. Uh, she's immunocompromised and, she, but she's got a, a job where she's customer facing that she can't afford to not go to. And right. I mean, there's a whole lot of considerations that go into what could possibly make this more frightening. And so I, I think what, something I want to call out before the end of this show is, um, is by all means, this is all really, really not great for all of us uh, musicians and everybody who's directly impacted by this. But I think long term, we're going to look back on this and think that it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like as I was trying to say as well as like, you know, lost gigs is one thing, but lost people is another. And like you start losing right. more people. It's, you know, it's bad. I mean, my wife has significant uh, asthma and allergy and, you know, my mom's 85 years old, you know. Um, these are all things, you know, we don't want it to get bad and it might get really bad, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Let's, so, let's give people fighting chance. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if there aren't hospital beds and respirators and then shit breaks down and then our country falls apart, like the, you know, I, I missed $250 is going to be not foremost in your mind. No. Right. Yeah, I definitely rather you know, lose. But in the immediate, it is like, yeah. yeah. And, 
and it's it's really show showcasing some gaps in healthcare. I know everyone's yep. talking about healthcare. I think it's, it's showcasing some gaps in the music industry and the service industries and the entertainment industries sure. in general. Like, okay, so five dollar cover. Oh, don't get me started. I feel like all the local venues they start at eight dollar covers. I'm like, can we at least make it ten? You yeah. pay ten bucks for to go to a punk show in 1981. You're paying ten bucks to go to a punk show now. Yeah. I mean, who, don't make change. It's a pain in the ass. Just make it ten bucks. I, I, I would rather just give you a ten dollar bill than have to f around with like, yeah. okay, no, here, wait. Do you have this? Like, it's like, is there some law that behooves people to only do eight dollar covers? Because I don't understand why that's the default. People are cheap. I mean, they perceive value. It's like, well, f I, I mean, I want to go out and I mean, a lot of times, just like I'm going to go to this bar. Oh, there's a band playing. How much? Yeah. Ten bucks. Eh. Yeah, I mean, when we played in Austin at Hotel Vegas, like I'm, like I bet it was five bucks. Like the room was packed, and we walked out with yeah. like 150 bucks uh, as a band. I'm like, yeah, I'm got. I, I, for, but the thing is, I wasn't sure if they were even doing a door charge. I thought they might have just worked out some deal with like for us to get a portion of the bar because they weren't, they weren't even making people pay until the first band started. So there were already 50 people in that room who didn't pay. Yeah. Like, man, if it had been like a $5 cover, that would have been like, what, 250 bucks? It's tough, man. I mean, again, I've, you know, I remember things when I was young coming up, like teenager and playing shows. And, you know, because it, it, it's a weird thing, because like in a way you're kind of, a, it's you're, you're giving a big ask. Because like you're, if you're a young band and you're trying to get popular, the old, you know, the old model of like, hey, we get big in town and that attracts some interest and then we get a record deal and we go out to be famous. It's like you're kind of asking in some ways these people, the patrons, like, hey, help make me famous, you know. Yeah. Like, come and go crazy at my show. Um, But anyway, my point is like for musicians that I play with that I came up with that are older than me, they talk about a time, and this is at least in Memphis. I can't speak for other cities, but, you know, in Memphis where like, People paid a cover and it was packed and these bands would work like crazy because people just wanted to go see music Yeah, and they didn't have as much to do and less competition for attention. Yeah. For and, sure. and, and, and it was just, and, and rock and roll was still new or newer yeah. at least, you know? So there, maybe there was something around the bend that you could kind of glom onto, but like the point being is just that, that you know, like in the seventies and early eighties was just like these places were just packed all the time consistently dependably so you know god let's just go back to that i know just go back to that seriously <laughs> man yeah uh, i don't know well steve on that note i hope i get to see y'all in june yeah i hope we have you know i hope we don't have a non-constructive summer um <laughs> uh, an unconstructive summer oh, yeah because no. that's we're gonna we're going to quarantine this summer. We're going to quarantine this. Yeah, that's because honestly, I mean, you know, as you can imagine, the whole study is a pretty sizable chunk of my nut. Yeah, and whole study shows are all people touching people that they don't even know. Exactly, yeah. yelling in people's people's faces. You know, um, but yeah, uh, someone someone got a little too close to me at the Brooklyn show. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I think he got thrown out. Okay. Well. It's okay. It's yeah. so like the one in like in like fifteen years of going to whole city shows or whatever, thirteen years, first time it's ever happened to me. That's actually pretty good numbers. Right, sure. 
Yeah, I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Steve, it's all your fault, just so we're clear. on the, 100% your fault, Steve. Okay. That guy was high. He was real uh, messed up on something, and he was trying to jump on the stage also. Mm, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot that was happening with that guy. Steve, Steve, how, how can we support you in this season? Yes, how can we support you? I don't know. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, I don't know if, if if I put if I put something out there, you know, broadcast it. I guess uh, I'm just trying yeah. to figure that out. Um, yeah. So uh, everyone can follow Steve on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. At Steve. So Selvage, we'll put links Steve to those. Yeah, that's S E L V I D G E. Uh. Yeah, like and if you do. Pets? Follow me on Instagram. You'll see yeah, a lot of pictures Kumar. of my cat. It's a good cat. If you don't like kid like pictures, to... <laughs> um, I'll try. I'll try and get a picture of Taco. Yeah, please. I'm really curious. Even if just for me, I want to see a picture yeah. of Taco the cat. Let's cat see. You wild. got a. Oh, you were playing some pedal steel. Actually, is that double neck lap steel? Lap steel? The, yeah, yeah, super lap steel. Um, yeah, that was nice. fun actually. I, I um. My daughter, uh, we were, I brought her out back to show her something. I can't remember what it was, but we were out here. And then she was just like, she saw the, the, the lap seal. She was like, what is that? I was like, I'll show it to you. And I just had my pedal board for, for nothing. My pedal board to nowhere was still mm -hmm. set up. <laughs> oh. um, so I plugged it in through that. And then just like, you know, the space echo turned on and the phaser turned on. And I was like, and so she left and went back in the house. And I kind of spaced out for like... <laughs> couple of days now um nice. so yeah um maybe I'll, i don't know maybe i'll do a psychedelic lap steel record and you know that would be great and then set up a camp. patreon and just yeah just online begging um well thanks y'all online begging well thanks for listening thanks for understanding until next time i'm emily i'm andrew and i'm steve All right, ready? One, bye, two, bye. bye. bye.